Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Jake Arthur, here alongside Zach Hicks, and we are on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to rate and review the show to let us know how you're digging it and to beef up our ratings, because that would be pretty sick. <laughs> we are... Uh, we are deep on the U- the U.S. charts right now, so we would uh, we would love to move up a little bit. But yeah, thanks for being with us on this special live edition of the show. It is draft week, so we had to do something fun. Uh, today we're going to put together a little one-round predictive NFL mock draft, followed up by a seven-round Colts mock. Uh, I went ahead and asked uh, Zach earlier this week what we wanted to do, and we decided, why not both? So that is what we're doing. <laughs> Um, But yeah, before we get started, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yes, thank you to Bet Online, our longtime sponsor. Uh, but now, yeah, we're going to get funky. We're going to go ahead and get into this draft here, man. Um, so again, this is a predictive draft because uh, you know we've we've heard a lot of smoke to things that we can we can pretty much guarantee are going to happen at this point, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's what Zach or I would do. Yeah. Um, that we've all had the opportunity to do the what we would do type of stuff. Uh, so what we're going to focus on today is really just our best shot at what we think is closest to happening. Uh, so Zach is going to go ahead and take the odd numbers, and uh, he's got a real tough task here, number one with the Jaguars. Uh, what, what do you got going on here, man? You can actually put the board up on the screen. Or where, where are we streaming this to? Uh, this is on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, let Ooh. me go ahead. Let's see. Which Let's, YouTube are we on? We're on your YouTube? Yeah, we're on. This is streaming to mine this time. Nice. This is my first time using this, friends. So you can uh, you can go ahead and just bear with me. I'll try and bring a, bring the draft board up here. Stream. Yeah, that way people can follow along, watch the video. Yeah, there here we go. go. There you go. It's, I think that's small. It's small, but it's going to work out. Yeah, it'll work so out. You can, out. Yeah, you can follow along pick by pick. Uh, you can see here we got one through 32 going uh, highlighted in green are the teams that have multiple picks in the first round uh, just to kind of keep tabs on what they've done in the, in the pick beforehand. And then you got the Colts picks down there at the bottom, all six of their picks. Uh, so Zach, what do we got going first step, man? Can I go ahead and write it in? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right on. In uh, are are you gonna write in? Yeah, yep, Ian Ian Book. No, I'm just kidding. Ian Book, Notre Dame. Ian Book. Now Trevor Lawrence obviously is gonna be the pick. I, I don't think anyone's even been secretive about that at all. Uh, I mean Lawrence. I believe they had this big uh, like like a charity event thing going or whatever to give Lawrence like wedding gifts or something like Jaguars fans doing that for him. And um, it turned into some, some big charity thing, which is really cool. But yeah, no one's really being secretive about it. Uh, Obviously Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this class. Uh, You know, some would say the best since Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm maybe not that high on him, but uh, it just makes a lot of sense for them to go with Trevor Lawrence here. They haven't had a quarterback of his caliber maybe ever in their franchise history. So getting a guy like Trevor Lawrence just makes too much sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that one's that been one written in stone for quite some time now. So yeah. All right, Jets. That one also we've also known that is Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. Yeah, so that one it's a bit risky for them. Um, probably you know other than Trey Lance, probably the the riskiest of these quarterbacks. But, you know, all, all the experts who have kind of, who are kind of plugged into this thing have said that's that's what they're doing all along. So, uh, yeah, take pits. Nim- Let's see. You, put, you can click you guys it. Can play along. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. I no one went to. We, we to can't Trevor quote Lawrence that. That game. movie is so bad. It's so bad. Honestly, I, someone else said this yesterday, but I haven't seen it either. It's so bad. I, it's- yeah. Like, if, if you want to watch a movie that is like a parody of the NFL draft, which is perfectly fine, like, like by all means, please parody it. But parody of the NFL draft along with, like, a lot of office office romance, it's, uh yeah, it's definitely the movie for you. It's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Dude, what's the NFL draft without a little love, though, man? Yeah, yeah. GMs always hit on their secretaries or whoever. I don't even know what she was in the movie, but he was hitting on her the entire movie and they had, they had like a, she was like pregnant with his baby or something i don't know it's really weird okay. really weird and then he took a linebacker first overall we're not doing that unfortunately number one overall number one yeah he traded up oh, and took a linebacker traded up and t- oh my god all right so that's a whole nother conversation we can get into on draft day. <laughs> we're just gonna have a draft day smear campaign for one of our episodes but that's we not are. today san fran third up we've I- yeah, I don't think this is a move either of us would make ourselves. Oh, she was the cap officer. Yeah, that's what I, I guarantee Chris Ballard is impregnating his cap officer right now. Like, I think Mike, it's all- Mike, Mike Bloom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's how accurate that movie was. Anyway, anyway, oh, wow. moving on, moving on. Um, yeah, the third pick here, obviously, this is not what I would do. Um, but I think it's going to come down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I, I feel like there's just been too much smoke to completely ignore it. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm going to go with Mac Jones here for the pick. Uh, again, who? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. McCorkle Jones, or however you say his name. Um, I, I don't think he should be going third. I, I remember saying early in the offseason that Mac Jones is the type of quarterback for like the Colts. If, if he were there at 21, I'd be fine with taking him. I wouldn't trade up for him with the Colts pick at 21, let alone trading up to the third overall pick for him. But I think he's going to be a very adequate quarterback, very solid in the NFL, probably start, you know, a good five to 10 years uh, and maybe not move the needle for you. But in an offense like San Fran's, he can probably run that at, at a fairly high level. So 
obviously they could go with a higher potential guy here with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, but I hope they take Trey Lance or Justin Fields, but it just feels like it's a lot saying that it's going to be Mac Jones right now. Yeah. I, I would have thought that, um, that Justin Fields would have, you know, fit or not, even though he does fit. I mean, that's, you're looking at ceiling too. Mac Jones just doesn't, doesn't really do it for you. This has a very Blake Bortles type of feel to it where people were like, surely Blake Bortles isn't going to go that high. And then he did. Yeah. So up next Atlanta Falcons. I know who I would like to put here. Um, I still like Matt Ryan, but I would put Justin Fields here, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it is Kyle Pitts time. If we're guessing, I don't know what the situation with Julio is. Uh, if they're if they are going to trade Julio, which with the money involved, it doesn't sound super likely. But if they trade Julio, would you imagine just the reset button getting hit? Man, probably. I don't. I don't know, man. That offense would be so much fun with Julio, Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, yeah. along with a really good head coach, you know, coordinator type in. Um, the, the dude who came from the Titans, I can't remember his name right now. What's oh, name? Arthur Smith, yeah. Arthur Smith, yeah, yeah, Ex- excellent coach. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for them. And getting Pitts, even though, you know, his type of offense doesn't really really run through the tight end, I do think, you know, getting a guy like Pitts would would make, you know, that offense just so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so Bengals. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this one. Do you give Joe Burrow his familiar weapon or for the love of God, do you protect him? That's tough, man. I go back and forth on it. Uh, you know, I, I, cause I mean, I don't really think you can go wrong either way. You're either going to get a very good receiver who can win contested catch situations where, you know, a guy like Joe Burrow, he doesn't have the strongest arm. There's going to be more contested catch situations than maybe a lot of quarterbacks, uh, would have, um, on the other hand, Sewell is a great prospect and could be become a top, you know, a top tier left tackle in the NFL one day. Um, I'm going to go with Sewell here. I just think that's ultimately what's going to happen. Uh, I, I could see it possibly being Chase. I think it's 50-50 right now. They probably think it's 50-50 right now in their own organization. But yeah. I think ultimately you've got to go with the left tackle. I mean, you just invest in your quarterback and he just tore, you know, everything in his leg last year because of, you know, protection issues or, or whatever it, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I think you need, you need to protect him. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how, how much they've used Burrow to dig into chase because chase also didn't play last year either. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a COVID opt out. So the last time he played was with uh, Joe Burrow. All right. The dolphins, it's their first pick of, two um so the guy we we're just talking about jamar chase i don't think there's any better time than now to go ahead and put him in jamar chase yeah their their experts seem pretty keen on it being whoever's there between pits and chase they're gonna take and that's yeah. why they trade up to that spot so yeah if, if they're if one of them's there i'm pretty sure that would be the pick yeah and as far as mike gasicki being there you know you could play two tight ends and with those two guys, they're close enough to receivers basically where it doesn't matter. You could play both of them at all times. And in the modern NFL, two tight ends is nothing new whatsoever. Cause I just, I just know that conversation would come where people would ask what it means for Gesicki. It really doesn't have to mean much of anything, to be honest. Mm -hmm. All right. Detroit basketball. And by basketball, I mean, Lions football. That is your pick. (laughs) 
This is a tough one. I feel like they're not going to go tackle, even though I feel like their fan base would want to tackle up that mm-hmm. high. And, you know, if it were me right now, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, I think would be the guy I'd go with. I, I don't, but I'm not a Jared Goff guy. Uh, the Lions seem like they are Jared Goff guys, so they'd probably uh, <laughs> roll with him these next couple of years for whatever reason. So I, I'm going to, with one of the Bama receivers. And I think I'm just going to go with Smith here, uh, Devonta Smith, even though Jalen Waddle's my wide receiver one. Uh, I just think Devonta Smith, after the big year he just had, you know, won the Heisman, was one of the most productive receivers in college football history, uh, just does a lot of great things for an offense. He can get open super quick, best route runner in the class. I just think it makes a lot of sense to get that quick separator when you have a guy like Jared, uh, Jared Goff as your quarterback. Yeah, and, I mean, we saw Goff use – Cooper Cup and and uh, Robert Woods both as as safety nets, both guys who can run routes. They weren't the fastest guys, but uh, Smith is pretty fast on top of it. So if he's looking for a safety net type, because Kenny Galladay is not that that separator, um, that was going to be actually he's the John the Giants anyway, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, he would have yeah, been, they, but they, yeah, that's probably why to, they let him go. You know, like yeah. it just probably wouldn't have meshed very well. Yeah, as soon as I was saying that, I was like, well, that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no no Marvin Jones and no Kenny Galladay, so they've got to have some bodies out there. Carolina Panthers, uh, if not for acquiring Sam Darnold, I would have thought that uh, this would be a perfect spot for Justin Fields. But they did not. Um, this will be, uh, let's see, Smith's off the board. I do think this will be a spot where somebody will trade up for Fields or Lance, maybe the, yeah. maybe the Broncos, maybe the Patriots, uh, because if we get to this point, you know, even the last pick I just made at seven, you know, I feel like that could be a spot where one of those teams trade up for, you know, Lance or, or Fields, but I don't, we shouldn't do trades, honestly, because no, I don't want to mess with that compensation. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it opens up a whole thing there. Um, I'd, there's a couple defenders I'd really like to look at, but I think I'm going to go with another receiver. I think I'm going to go back to back Bama receivers and go Jalen Waddle here. Um, you know, they, they just, they so explosive. Yeah. They, they just made the investment in Sam Darnold. They don't have Curtis Samuel, you know, they, they need, they needed more playmakers there anyways. Uh, so Jalen Waddle, it is back to back Bama receivers. Yeah, and you know this is kind of going the way that a lot of experts were hinting at earlier this week that it could be an all-offense top ten, uh, yeah. and that's kind of the way we're going with our predictive here. Because my next pick with the Broncos, I'm going to go with Trey Lance. Uh, I, I feel like he's the quarterback who fits them the best. I feel like that they they're probably higher on Trey Lance than than most teams are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see them trading up to eight or seven or. Uh, maybe even higher than that, probably not to six with the Dolphins because the Dolphins want to stay there. But I probably see seven or eight just to keep the the Patriots away from them uh, yeah. with that pick. Uh, but yeah, Trey Lance, smartest quarterback in the class, is what we've heard a lot. Uh, I've talked to people in, around the North Dakota State program, and yeah, they've all repeated the same things. I mean, he called his own protections. He's a genius on the whiteboard, along with having high end physical traits. So, you know, at nine, I feel like that's a great pick uh, for a team that really needs a different type of quarterback. Drew Locke, I think can be okay in this league, but you know, they they can't go another year with what they just had, especially with how good that roster is right now. 
Yeah, and he's a guy that could go as high as three from what from what I'm sure you've been seeing as well. It's pretty much down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance at number yeah. three. It's probably a little high, a little too risk for either of those guys, but it's going to happen. Uh, so for Trey Lance to be there at nine, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of Justin Fields mocked there as well. It's just preference, man. We, I mean, we we kind of know who the guys are. We just don't know what the order is. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's a good pick right there. And then so then that that then presents the issue of what happens with Drew Locke. Who knows? An- another kind of mid to lower tier young quarterback who would potentially become available. Kind of a Sam Darnold type of situation there. Uh, next up, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this is a team that always needs defense. Just yeah, they always take offense. Always, yeah, they always <laughs> need defense help. Um, man. I am going to go ahead and give them – I've seen this one so many times, but Patrick Sertan the second. It just makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, I feel like they're going to go with one of those two corners. Uh, either him or horn horn yeah yeah so that makes it three no four alabama guys in the top 10 which is really nothing new all right so now up you've got the new york giants new york giants the most gettleman pick that is left would be Najee harris (laughs) no <laughs> okay, besides Najee Harris, the most get one pick, I'm going to go with it, even though he's got the off-field issues, is um, Mika Parsons or Micah Parsons, uh, okay. linebacker. It just it just screams Gettleman. You know, it's it's not the highest positional value taking a linebacker that high, uh, but you know he he's a good football player, like on the field, very dynamic, uh, great against the run. You know, he can improve a little bit against the pass, but he has that ability as a pass rusher as well. So. Yeah, uh, I think that fits a lot with what their defense does too. Has that aggressive type of defense, uh, and I just feel like that's Gettleman's guy in this class. It just feels like a Gettleman type of pick. I could see that tough Penn State guy who can do yep. a little bit of everything. I I could definitely see that. That's you never know what Gettleman's going to do, except for not trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So the Eagles, the Eagles. It's another team that like pretty much always needs the same stuff. Um, mm-hmm. they need cornerback all the time. Let's see. Um, our, uh, our guy, Nick Sirianni didn't commit to, um, Jalen hurts yet, you know, but he's going to want to say there's competition everywhere. But if indeed Howie Roseman, was it Roseman or Lurie who said no competition at quarterback? I think it was Roseman, but I, it might've been Lurie. I'm not Regard, too sure. Yeah. It was one of the top two people in the organization. So just going off of that, Mm-mm-mm. yeah. I mean, they they always need help everywhere. Let's go, J.C. Horn. Yeah, I can see that. There's yeah. been some reports that they might try to trade up to uh, like nine or eight or something like that to take one of those corners away from the Cowboys. Yeah. So I could definitely see them taking the other one that's there when their yeah, pick comes up. Exactly. Without any movement in this in this mock, they still wind up uh, landing one of their top guys. All right. So it's uh, we're at thirteen now, and Justin Fields is still on the board, which is uh, not. It doesn't feel right. No, no. I feel like you know. Again, personally, if it were up to me, he goes second in this mm-hmm. draft. 
Roseman goes rogue with their draft board. They yeah. confirmed it in the press. <laughs> What's the yeah. most Roseman pick then? Is Roseman like a JC Horn type of guy? Mm, man, they let's see. I don't feel like they always do the same thing, but it's he'll take they, a JJ Hagel Whiteside. Who, who's the most JJ or Hagel Whiteside uh, receiver in this? Class? Or J, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I feel like JC Horn's the type of guy that could go with though. But the Chargers, he, he I feel Philadelphia like, well. Yeah, the Chargers are one of the few teams where I wouldn't mock Justin Fields to in the top mm, uh, yeah. 32 of this draft. Uh, but um, I think the Chargers would be malpractice if you don't go with an offensive tackle here. And I think Rashawn Slater makes yep. a ton of sense. Uh, he's my, he's a top six player on my board. Uh, huge, huge fan of his game. I think he can be – I honestly think he can be a top three guard in the league if that's the way they want to play him. Uh, but I also think he can be, you know, a, a very good tackle. So whichever way the Chargers would like to use him, because they have needs across their offensive line like usual, uh, I think Rashawn Slater just makes so much sense for their team. Yeah, I'm going to consider him an OL on this. Yeah. Uh, they they can pick whatever position they want, but he's an offensive lineman for this exercise. Yeah. So the Vikings, I'm not going to go cornerback on here, even though you would, you would think they always want to. Oh, dude, Zimmer uh, Zimmer is, is probably fighting everyone right now for Greg Newsom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm i thinking either offensive line or edge. Well, they just lost Rife, uh, Riley Rife, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, their offensive line in general has just always been in shambles inside and out. Their right tackle situation is good with O'Neal, but I think yeah. that's really it on their offensive line in terms of like high quality starters or like above average starters. Yeah, so they could always upgrade anywhere. I'll I'll give them Elijah Vera Tucker to decide inside or out. Uh, just just like you did with Rayshon Slater, those guys are both considered elite offensive linemen who could be just outstanding inside, but still hold their own and be high level players outside. You know, it makes a lot of sense for a team like the Vikings that has multiple needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I love Vera Tucker's game, too. I think he can be kind of like Slater, where I said I think he can be a top three guard in the league one day or could even be one of the better tackles in football. Like, I, I really like the potential of him and Slater. So those guys going back to back, honestly, I'd probably take them higher in this class. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, offensive skill positions are going to push everything else down. Yeah, I mean – Again, if if it was based on like if it was our our big boards, what we would do, I I think those guys would probably be off the board by now. Yeah. Um, as, especially building teams from the inside out rather than adding skill positions, because adding skill positions to teams that don't have it all together yet is kind of just a temporary band aid. But yeah, uh, let's see. You've got the uh, you've got the very high honor of picking for the Patriots now. Oh, I see what's about to happen here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it. so, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it. it makes the most sense. Uh, yeah. Justin Fields here to the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, again, if it were up to us, no way in hell we would let this happen. But uh, I do think either the Patriots or another team is going to trade up into the top 10 to take fields uh, come draft night. But again, we're not doing trades in this mock. Uh, Justin Fields, I think is the second best quarterback in this class. I think he's closer to quarterback one. Then he has to quarterback three. Okay. I think he does a lot of great things on the field. Uh, there are there are some issues with going through his progressions and reading defenses, especially against certain looks. Uh, so I'm not going to say that the analysts are wrong when they say that. But 
I do think you can kind of mitigate those, those issues early, give him some more half field type reads and, and kind of limit his vision in certain aspects of his game. Uh, and then he can grow from there. I mean, he's a really smart player. Uh, he did a lot for the Ohio State team. Very tough player who who you know won big games for them. I uh, I just I don't know why he would be here at fifteen, but it's it's the draft. Stupid things happen. Yeah, to me, he's the quarterback this year who should go high. Um, but after we know the the other guys are going to go, there's no clear cut team in that top ten to pick him. So, like yeah. you said, I do think he's a a prime candidate for someone to go up and get him. I don't think he'll leave the top 10 picks or so. I, I think someone will go get him. It seems weird to have him still there at 15 to the Patriots. It could even be the Patriots that gets him, but I don't think it'll be at 15. Honestly, which teams would move up? It would be the Patriots that could move up. The The Broncos will probably move up for one of them. The, but the after Raiders that, are a dark horse team to do it. I, Raiders, I've, Bears. I've seen stuff about Washington. Yeah, Washington's been rumored a lot for liking yeah. Lance. But again, I think ultimately, I think the Broncos are going to move up to like seven or eight for Lance. Just a gut feeling. Um, uh, a couple, oh yeah, a couple of. Because that's just an easier move for them to make too. And also, if you're a team like the Lions or the Panthers, would you rather drop all the way down to nineteen or would you rather drop to nine? Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm, and with even if you're still in the top ten, trading back even just a little bit is still you'll get a lot for it. So yeah, yeah, they could still like a round pick out of the Broncos for that. Yeah, that that would be the dream. Okay, so Cardinals up next. They have a million people to throw to, it seems. Let's see. <laughs> you know, they, they did just lose one do-it-all defender. And I have no idea where this guy is actually going to go, but it could be as high as here. Uh, it's Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa. From Notre Dame. Wow, you nailed the pronunciation of that one. Hey, I'm honestly, I'm usually good at pronouncing uh, strange names, or it's it's strange to English. It's not strange to his background, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a strange name by any means. It's just now spelling it is uh, that's, <laughs> that's, about to, that's about to be a real issue, my friend. I love this pick though. Uh, he, he's uh he's seventh on my big board. I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of his game. I personally have him as a safety, but like you said, I you could play him at linebacker, you can play him at slot corner, uh just a physical guy who plays bigger than his frame. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of his game. Yeah, I, I like to match him up with Isaiah Simmons from last year. I think that's if they if they have the opportunity to have like two of those defenders who you can just play in multiple spots, then I just think that makes defense really dynamic, really multiple, and really uh, can't lose there. And and they play in a really fast division. So, dude, having those two along with Buda Baker is yeah. just that. That's a fun defense right there. No matter who else you have, you know they could probably go outside corner because I think they need some outside corners too. But that's a fun, fast defense right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raiders now. Okay, so what you need to do for the Raiders is take someone who was supposed to go at the end of the first. Oh, I already know who I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to Christian Bar or Barrymore, Barmore. I think I, I think it's Barmore. Is how you say it? Yeah, Bar. I say Barmore. Barmore. So Christian. first, so there's been character concerns coming out about him recently uh, that teams might not take him in the first round. Uh, he's been slipping out of mock drafts and stuff. Uh, but the Raiders guys who I follow and the guys who I've been like, you know, looking at their feeds and stuff like that and and their reports all say that the Raiders love 
love Christian Barmore. Like they, they absolutely love him and they would take him in the first round. So it just feels like a Raiders pick, you know, a pick that we're all like, what are you doing? It might work out. Barmore had a great end to last season, a very, very dominant film over the last four or five games. Uh, so he, it could definitely end up being a great pick, but I, I wouldn't take him here personally. Yeah. It's weird. Cause the Raiders pick up players that I like, they just do it way earlier than I would do. Like I liked Cleveland Farrell coming out. I thought yeah. he was a candidate for the Colts at 26 a couple years ago. I think mm-hmm. it was Damon Arnett. You and I both love Damon Arnett and they took him way higher than anyone else would have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just. And Abram. Again, I liked Abram too the year yeah. before. I Abram really was a, a big candidate for the Colts that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. Uh, the running back that I, of course, can't think of right now. Um, Jacobs? Yeah, Josh Jacobs. And, and of course, Christian Barmore, the, the top defensive tackle. So don't dislike him as a player, but, you know, probably not this early. Mm-mm. The Dolphins. So I gave them Jamar Chase first. And let's see. I feel like, did they just do a trade today? They had traded a guard. Uh, they traded Eric Flowers away. Get, yeah, okay, so they got rid of Eric Flowers. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I think you know who you have to pick here, but it means the Colts don't get them, so it, it hurts a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain edge rusher that a lot of us would like to. It just uh, makes too much sense. It, it's yeah. it's the it's a typical Flores type of pass rusher. Oh, yeah, Quiddy, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, and, you know, he's got – Plenty of it. It feels like there's been a lot of Michigan connections to the Patriots over the years. And Brian Flores yeah. coming from there. It's Quiddy Pay, Michigan to the Dolphins. That's always this is one of the part. more this is one of the <laughs> Jacobs losing it in the comments right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is one of the more confident ones I feel about in this class. And obviously it could still not happen, especially now that they have an opening at left tackle. They could definitely go left tackle here, but mm-hmm. Man, it just makes so much sense. Quiddy Page just fits their defense. Yeah, and again, you and I have, have discussed this ad nauseum. It's harder to find an elite edge rusher than it is to get by with with the left tackle that you can just kind of toss. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking about right before we started the stream here is, you know, in this edge rusher class, right? Like, there's a lot of interesting type of guys, very interesting players. But when you look at it, you know, Jalen Phillips, will he go in the first round with his with his injury issues? Maybe not. I honestly, if I were running a team, I probably wouldn't take him in the first. I, I'd be terrified of all that. Uh, Aziz Ojulari uh, has a knee issue, and honestly, I don't think he's near the level of Quiddy Pay. Uh, and then you look at some other guys. You know, Joe Tryon's a good player, but he's like the same mold as Quiddy Pay, but not as good an athlete. Uh, uh, Jason Owe is as good an athlete, but he doesn't have any production whatsoever and has no clue what he's doing as a pass rusher. So it's just Quiddy Quiddy Pay should be the the first edge taken. And honestly, if it were up to me, he'd go higher than this in this class. But the, to the Dolphins, it just makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's what's going to happen on draft day. Yeah, he's the cleanest with the least issues. And it's mm. it's not because he's some otherworldly prospect. It's because he's – it's like it's survival of the fittest. And he's he's the edge you can least pick apart up at the top, basically. Yeah. Okay. You got uh, your your former team – Washington football team up next. What are they going to do? So a lot of people have been talking uh, left tackle with them, but I think Cornelius Lucas is a solid player. Corner, they're pretty solid. They're a pretty solid team all around, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say Bateman, but Bateman, I know the league is a little bit lower on him than yeah. And they don't stuff. quite have as much of a need anymore. With they 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 picked up Curtis Samuel, didn't they? Yeah, okay. yeah. So it, it just doesn't make as much sense. So you probably want to go to defense. They're all good across the defensive line. Linebacker maybe, but if Joke and Parsons are gone, man, what linebackers would I take here? I mean, I would probably take Browning here or something, but I don't think they're going to do that. Oh, Baron Browning, yeah, yeah. Let's give them. Yeah, let, you know what? Let's give them Greg Newsom. Greg okay. Newsom. Uh, I think top available cornerback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you know he, he's got some of the best potential in this entire class. Uh, but then when you add in that he's only twenty years old and he put up as good a film as he did last year in the Big Ten, uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And also, he wouldn't have to be the number one corner right away. Because they signed um, – oh, who they signed? They signed William Jackson this offseason. Yeah. So they can they can plop uh, Greg Newsom at the other outside corner spot. You have uh, Kendall Fuller in the slot. Uh, you got some good safeties on the back end as well, um, which they, they probably could address safety as well. They, I mean, they could do that in their second-round pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like Greg Newsom there. You really get a lockdown secondary along with, you know, arguably the best pass rush unit in, in all of football. Yeah, they've had one of the more – quietly solid defenses it seems for the past few years and that's kind of move you make to keep that going okay that's the bear it's time for the bears and this is another it's another one they basically have ian book and andy dalton uh it's another one of those teams you could do just about anything with i feel like corner makes sense for them too but which one of the corners would make sense here you know, right? Like, are they comfortable enough with Caleb Farley up top? Farley is very similar to, to Kyle Fuller, so I could see that. But the injuries—I mean, did you see that report that came out today from Pelisario? Two back surgeries, and uh, of course, his agent says he's going top twenty, but a lot of teams don't even know if he's going to go round one. Yeah, well, he he has a torn ACL in his history, plus two back surgeries, and he still apparently has some nerve issues in parts of his body. So it's like. Man, I wouldn't okay. take. It. I Not wouldn't great. take that in the first round. Man, so this receiver is a total crapshoot to me because I don't know where he'll truly go. I've seen him high, I've seen him low, but most people seem to like him. I'm going with Terrace Marshall. So Mooney, Marshall, and uh, Robinson, and Robinson. That's. Whew. Andy and, Dalton's gonna throw for three thousand yards and twenty <laughs> touchdowns and fifteen gonna set, picks. Gonna set the world on fire. But how? Uh, I mean, how long do you think Robinson's really gonna be there and be there and happy? Well, he got franchise tagged again, right? Right, exactly. And so I'm they sure won't he franchise tag him. They won't do it a third year because that's just right. then you're paying even like over quarterback money for him. Yeah. So he'll be a free agent next year. Marshall fits a lot of the similar type of mold. I mean, obviously he's not as good as Allen Robinson, but mm-hmm. um, there there was a knee issue with him. I think that popped up at the combine at the medical the, the, checks. The recheck. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But so who knows if he goes in the first round still, but for me, I, I'd have him right around that range. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's again, he's a guy I have no idea where he's going. Cause I've seen him this high and I've seen him top the second, you know, you just never know. Now you have, again, you have another big honor. 
you have the Colts pick. Quiddy Pay is off the board. <laughs> yeah, so ideally here I would trade back. Uh, I think that's what yeah. Chris Ballard would do if the board felt like this. Um, you know, obviously if he got trade offers, because there's one thing that we don't really talk about enough with trading back is it takes two to tango. You know, like you can't, you can't just say, okay, here is where I'll trade back and then just take a, a bad offer or don't take, or, you know, you don't get any offers at all. So who knows what the offer is going to look like at this point. Uh, but I think if everything's staying pat and they had to stick at this pick, I do believe it'll be Alex Leatherwood from, from Alabama. Uh, okay. I, I think he's a guy who checks every single box for Chris Ballard, uh, senior bowl guy, 41 starts at Alabama in his college career. Uh, dominant run blocker, elite athlete uh, from his testing, uh, just hits every single box that Chris Bauer looks. And then you lock up that left tackle position for a minimum of five years. Uh, and we, we've seen how valuable he or how much he values that offensive line. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like you could go with Christian Darisol here. You could go with a couple of other players, maybe Jalen Phillips. Uh, if they really wanted to go risky with it, maybe Joe Tryon. He fits a lot of their what they like as well. Uh, but I think Alex Leatherwood, if they had to stick at 21 with how the board is right here, uh, is the Chris Ballard type of guy that he'd go with. Yeah, and it's it's one that we wouldn't quite see coming. I mean, other than you, you've talked about it, but with some of the guys <laughs> on the board, other people would be yelling for some of these other names, and Christian Darasaw included. But like you said, there's some guys that just kind of like check every box, and they, they just make too much sense. Yeah, and I will say with Leatherwood, he is getting some late first round buzz. From what I've heard, there are teams in that late first round range that would take him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so taking him at twenty one to ensure that you do get him, it could be something that Chris Ballard does. You know, we've always seen him make these picks that we think like, oh, that's way too like Michael Pittman Jr. last year, right? I liked Michael Pittman Jr. a lot, and I actually mocked him to the Colts in my last mock draft. I didn't think he would be gone by thirty four. I thought that would be a trade back spot, or that would be a pick where you know you would take someone a little higher up on the board, but they took Pittman jr. Because they didn't want him to, they didn't want to risk not getting him with their next pick. This could be the similar type of situation with Alex Leatherwood where they didn't want to, you know, risk not getting him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for those who would say Jalen Phillips to me, it seems like almost every year there's a guy who has great talent, but has injury concerns and he becomes a fan favorite of Colts fans but the Colts just won't touch him. It feels to me like that's Phillips this year. You know, he's, yeah. he's the no doubt talent, but I, there's just something about, I just don't see the Colts biting. I just don't. Well, here, here's the thing, right? Like you and I just talking, like watching ball, we can look at what Jalen Phillips did last year and also the testing numbers he put up and say, that's a guy who should go top 10. Cause it should, I mean, everything that he's put on their own film last year and with his testing numbers should go top 10. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a great talent, great player. Uh, but when you are responsible, you know, your career is on the line with every big pick, with every first round pick, your career is on the line uh, because that's what you're scrutinized for. I mean, when we think of Ryan Grigson, we think of Bjorn Werner and Philip Dorsett and all those missed first round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, with a guy like Phillips, it's not just that he's a one year wonder because that's what he was in college, but also he had five or, or more concussions that UCLA was forced to retire him uh, because of, the, of a policy they have. On top of that, he's had wrist surgery. He's had ankle surgery in his career. That, that's a lot of injuries. You know, that's a lot of, of toll on the body uh, when he's, what, a 22, 23-year-old guy. Uh, what's it going to be when he's 26, 27? You know, yeah. like. That's going to be an old 30-year-old player. Yeah. If he, so if he just, would get to that point. It's just tough. You know, like, again, I see the talent. I would take him high. 
Uh, but if I were running a franchise and I had to bet on one of these guys in the first round, I would bet on a guy like Joe Tryon who has less red flags than than a guy like Phillips, even though I think Phillips is a better player. So it's it's just tough. That's how teams and, and players have to look at it. Um, I, I love Jalen Phillips. I'd probably take him at 21, but, man, that's that's just tough. It, it's tough. It's a lot. I'll put it this way. I I would like it if they did it, but if they passed him up, I would totally understand. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. I really do. I, I, from everything we've heard, we've heard that he's this hardworking guy um, who, you know, obviously put it together a great season last year. And I think he's going to be a good pro. It's just there's just so many variables with it that are scary. Yeah, absolutely. So next up, a uh, AFC South Titans, uh, the uh, AFC South rival Titans. Now, they their covered at receiver is and tight end is just bad like, and corner. Yeah, they they have a lot of needs. They need to tackle also. Um, it's a really tough pick because you would love to put Caleb Farley here, but with the like, injuries, do, yeah, do they trust his medicals. Receiver, um, none of these guys move the needle quite enough for me yet to to pull the trigger here. Um, I've mocked Tevin Jenkins to them at this point, and I I like that. But if they if they like Caleb Farley's medicals or they're fine with it, then I think he's off the board by this point. So I'll go ahead and give them Caleb Farley. I like uh, it. You know, they lost to Dory Jackson the year before. They know you know no Logan Ryan. Malcolm Butler, like they have needs, you know. So uh, we'll go Caleb Farley here. They're getting a, a top 10, top 12 talent for you know, the 22nd pick. And if his medicals are fine, then they get him at, a, at an absolute bargain. So Virginia Tech. All right. All right. And then That's I'll take the medical, I'll take the medical risk here. You know, we just want this whole thing about yeah. I wouldn't take him in the first round and GMs would <laughs> be tough. But I think when you're the Jets and you have a second first round pick and you have a new regime, you can take a risk like this on a high talent player. So I think Jalen Phillips to the jets here makes a lot of sense. Um, again, risky, risky player with all the injuries, but man, if it hits, you can get a guy who's the top five player in this entire class. So I, I think it's worth it when you have a second first round pick like that. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I mean, how long has it been since they've had a real standout edge rusher? It's it's been a while. They've tried to do it a couple times, and it just hasn't really cut out. But Phillips could be really good. It's just a matter of how long does does his body stand up to it? You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Pittsburgh Steelers. This They're one's really been working. kind of. You, you work with the Pittsburgh Steelers guy, so I'm sure he's yeah. talking about the pick that it's going to be the running back that they're going to take yeah. in the first round. <laughs> it's tough because, I mean, you're, your running back can only run behind the line. That creates things for them. Yeah, well, we wouldn't do it, mm. obviously. <laughs> no. I'm kind of wondering if this is a good spot for Christian Darisaw. Yeah, I mean, a tackle, like, you know, if we're being logical about it, a tackle makes a ton of sense here. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead with I'm gonna go ahead with Darisol because I don't think he should even still be here by this point. And you know, Alejandro Villanueva is gone. And again, what good's a running back behind a line that's not creating yards? Let's go ahead with uh, with Christian Darisol here. Another Virginia Tech player off the board. 
So you got the Jaguars second pick now. Uh, you gave them a franchise quarterback with the first one. And now, you know, they, they've got some needs. Their offensive line is sketchy. Um, they've like never had a good tight end, at least not in the last like 15, 20 years, it seems. Yeah. So I love the receiver group right now. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't take receiver here. Uh, you know, Chark, Chenault. Uh, I, I really like the receiver group, so I wouldn't I wouldn't take a receiver here. I'm actually looking at their depth chart real quick just to make sure. Oh, they do have Jawan Taylor there, so I was going to give them Tevin Jenkins, but they have Jawan Taylor, who they just spent a second a high second round on. They just franchise Cam Cam Robinson. Yeah, uh, they're a tricky you know they, one for sure. You know what they could do? You could take Tevin and play him at right guard for a year. And then moving to left tackle when you can. Yeah. You could play him at right guard, and then you can move him to to left tackle when Robinson leaves in free agency next year. So let's let's go with Tevin Jenkins there. I think shoring up the offensive line for Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's your first year with a new young quarterback. You're not going to be able to fix the entire defense, so why not just shore up that offense and and try to outscore teams in that first year with Trevor Lawrence. So Tevin Jenkins at right guard for year one, and then you can kind of – you know, while he's a right guard, you kind of work on him to be their eventual left tackle. I think Lyle Collins did the same thing with the with the Cowboys, except I think it was left guard to right tackle. Uh, so you can kind of do that same thing with Tevin Jenkins for them. Yeah, I, I like that pick because, again, they, they have just enough on the offensive line to get by for this year. So anything you're kind of looking at is more of a next year thing, unless you get an inside player. Um, and then in this instance, you're you're putting Jenkins on the inside. Uh, so the Browns, they they would have been a good edge pick, but they just got Clowney. Personally, I'm mm-hmm. not a big Jadavian Clowney believer, so it really doesn't remove the position off the board for me. Uh, they're also a candidate for corner, I think, but they've already kind of got one smaller corner with Denzel Ward. Interesting. I think – let me take Ferris off the board – um, yeah, so I think they could re- – oof, man. That's a tricky one. The so, Browns are tough because people keep saying receiver for them. Yeah. People like receiver for them there. But, again, I feel like the, the league is lower on Bateman than than media is. Right. And outside of that, like who who is the league – because the league doesn't like tiny guys typically outside of Hollywood Brown that went up there. And the next so guy like Elijah Mark's Moore. Right. Yeah, and I, I've heard a lot of people whisper about Diami Brown, but I just don't think that makes sense for them, you know, at that right. big. All right, so I think I got it leveled down to an edge rusher, someone who could take a year to develop behind Clowney when Clowney inevitably is not there next year. Uh, so <laughs> Ojolari, I guess, is the uh, – is the logical pick. There's a few ways you could go about it. You could do Jason Owe, Gregory Russo, Joe Tryon. Carlos Basham is getting a lot of first round buzz. Uh, but I think Aziz Ojolari is probably, if there was a consensus, he's probably closer to that next up edge rusher that would go. So I'll go ahead and go Aziz Ojolari. He is a guy that needs a little bit to develop, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. having him just, you know, play sparing snaps alongside, um, Alongside Clowney and Miles Garrett, I think that makes sense. Um, 
and then they'll they'll have, hopefully for them have a decent edge rusher uh, edge rusher once Clowney is gone. So I will give them Aziz Ojulari, uh, the edge defender from Georgia. Perfect. All right, Ravens. Now the Ravens always have a type, and they always get it. Like every pick the Ravens ever make, you're like, not not to be corny, but that's so Raven. Every time they make a pick, it's that so Raven. Is that an old reference for you? You do not know that so Raven. Oh, guys, the older crowd, you'll have to chime in on that. <laughs> you keep cutting out a little bit for me, so I couldn't even get the oh. joke. <laughs> oh, I said that's so Raven every time they make a pick. That was a, that was a show like in the nineties. Yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, they do have a type. It's typically. Yeah. Cutting out. All right, there we go. I think you're kind of back now. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, dude, you keep cutting. Maybe you have to leave and come back in for a second because I, I, you just keep cutting out for me. Yeah, let me hop out real quick, everybody, and then I'll come back in. You can just entertain the the comments. I'll entertain them. Yeah, that's so Raven. Very very fun show. <laughs> oh man, you guys have any questions while we're just kind of rolling through it here? Because it's just me for like ten seconds, twenty seconds. I think it was Disney, Jason. I'm not too sure though. I'm pretty sure it was Disney. I don't hey, really. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Now you're back. I, they're having a con- conversation if it's Warner Brothers or Disney. I'm pretty sure that's so Raven was Disney. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Hopefully someone else caught that joke because that was some real quality dad joke <laughs> shit. <laughs> that was good and I will not I will not go off that hill. <laughs> so uh, keeping with what you were saying there about the Ravens, you know, they, they love their edge rushers and they just lost two of them. Uh, but I, I'm not going to go edge here because I think after you get past Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips and maybe even Aziz Ojolari, it kind of drops a tier to, you know, all these guys who are athletic but moldable type, you know, Joe Tryon, um, Jason Oway, you know, they're all kind of in that same type of tier. So I feel like they could wait to their second pick for that. And I'm going to go with uh, – a safety who I think fits is, is that so Raven. They're very Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's Trayvon Mooring. I think, I think that's just the exact type of player they like on their, on their defense uh, to go with those two great corners. They have, I just think that that'll be a huge addition for them. So uh, I'm, I'm super, super high on Mooring. I, I have him as a top 12 player in the class. He's my last of my first round grades. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that fit in with Baltimore would be outstanding. I like it. I like it. That is so Raven. <laughs> I've I've got the Saints next, and since they're a team that's like always in cap hell, they're a, they're a team you could give them really any position because they're going to need it at some point. Ah, uh, do they go with an edge rusher to replace Hendrickson? Yeah, that's that's very possible. But they have Davenport still, who's okay. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't make a whole lot of noise. You know, you could go linebacker too. I'm trying to look at my got, board right now. Yeah. I don't want to open Their up. Their offensive any line stacks, tabs. so you don't need that. Right. I don't want to open up any more tabs and 
kill Mike They could Williams. be a candidate for late round wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think this is probably the spot where Bateman comes off the board. Um, they never seem to have, like, outside of Michael Thomas, they don't have any, like, really well-developed, you know, dependable receivers. They just have kind of a rotating door of, you know, it could be this guy this week, this week, this week, this, you know. Uh, it's probably time to get some consistency next to him. And, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders no longer there. So I'll go ahead and, and uh, let's give Rashad Bateman to the Saints. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, too, because so much of their offense is based off of in-breaking routes and quick hitters. Uh, and that's what Bateman's great at. So, yeah, I think that just makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah, good yards after the catch type of receiver gives a lot of effort. You know, not not uber athletic, but I, I think with that type of offense, he could he could do a little bit. Green Bay Packers up next for you. Now, you never again, that's a team that drafts for the hmm. future and you really never know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, if you ask Green Bay Packers fans, they're pretty sure that every pick they make in the first round is going to be a bad one. So, <laughs> um, man, it's, I could see them going edge rusher because uh, Preston Smith was just not very good last year. Even though they did keep him, uh, I just think they could go edge rusher here. They could go tackle. They could go center. There's a couple good centers that could go that high. Um. They, could, they, I mean, they should probably go receiver, but I think receiver is more of a day two type thing. Let's go with Creed Humphrey here. You know, they just lost their their all pro center uh, for some reason. Uh, I don't know why they didn't bring him back, but Probably they lost their <laughs> they lost their all pro center. Creed Humphrey uh, tested as you know relative athletic score. He tested as a ten out of ten, uh, so the best relative athletic score ever for a center in the history of RAS, which I think goes back to 1986 or something, or 1996 maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for them. You can kind of keep that offensive line great for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that would be a very wise choice to do so. Uh, Buffalo Bills up next. That's a team that Colts fans are all too familiar with now by this point after what just happened in the playoffs. Boy, oh, boy. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. So their offense finally caught up with their defense and defense was kind of one of the things that wasn't so solid for them. But what do we want to do? You know, I, I kind of, I kind of want to go ahead and, and uh, end Gregory Russo's slide right here with the bills. He fits a lot of what they like. They like those yeah. kind of guys who can go in and out. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, what I'm looking at there. He's kind of raw still. He he doesn't have a huge sample size. He's big enough to big and strong enough to play inside or out. So he's kind of he's kind of like the Colts like to do one of those balls of clay that they can just you know pick up and develop into whatever they want. Uh, I think teams really like his talent level, and I'm sure he'll probably be off the board by 30. It wouldn't surprise me if he even falls to the the second round, but, you know, he's another one of those guys you have zero idea where he's going to go. So, yeah, Gregory Russo, edge defender, really defensive lineman in general uh, for Miami. And then it's it's that's still Raven time again for you. Yeah, this one's definitely going to be edge rusher here, and I think, you know, 
with those athletic guys. I think either one of Jason Owe or Joe Tryon makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to go with Joe Tryon for this one. I think Tryon's just more of a polished pass rusher at this point, even though he still could use some more in his game. Uh, but he just kind of fits their immediate need for impact edge rushers uh, where Owe would need a little bit more um, refinement where I think Tryon could be an instant guy. So yeah, I think Joe Tryon would be a great fit for them. He definitely fits again. He's that so Raven for them. He just fits Mm. their long athletic power rushers that they like to go with. Yeah. It's, it's almost to the point where I think Jason Owe may not contribute very much at all as a rookie, no matter where he goes, he's just going to take a lot of development. It's like if if teams could get away with having an early round pick on the practice squad, they would they could do it, you know. But yeah, you got to give him snaps somewhere. Um, but I I think that type of waffling is gonna just like we're doing is is what's happening in draft rooms too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joe Tryon off the board. Now the Buccaneers they don't need anything because they just won the Super Bowl and that hurt my feelings. And they. Brought back all 22 starters. God, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good example of guys just wanting to to stay put and keep winning and not putting themselves first. You don't see that a whole lot. Yeah. Um, man, oh, man. There's a lot of ways I could go with this. I mean, they, they do need okay. a pass rusher of the future. Uh, they could there's, probably. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of future things they need to consider. Yeah, they could probably use another corner. They could probably use another receiver to play some slot. Uh, I think right tackle or, or not right tackle, left tackle um, of the future is a need too. So, I mean, there's a couple of future needs. So maybe like someone raw here. Yeah, that, I'm, that's what I'm kind of pointing towards away. Um, yeah. Honestly, it, it could be just about time for one of these sneaky quarterbacks, the, the next wave of quarterbacks to come in. But as soon as a team invests a quarterback to develop behind Tom Brady, he plays 10 more years. So it's almost, <laughs> it's almost useless to do early. If Tom Brady was my quarterback, I don't think I'd take a guy in the, in the first round because the dude is just going to play forever. Um, so I think that Jason Owe makes a lot of sense here. Uh, Cause you already have Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul. You don't need contributions from him right away, but those dudes are not going to last forever. Um, so Jason Owe, I think there's a very strong chance he goes in the first and shoot, we're going to put him right here at the very end of the first. Cause this situation just makes a lot of sense for him. Dude. I would love Elijah Moore there. I mean, not as someone, I'm not a Buccaneers fan, obviously, but mm-hmm. Elijah Moore with those two receivers I have on the outside and just let him just kill people in the slot all day. Like, yeah. And Antonio whoo. Brown replacement. That, that makes a lot of sense too. Dude, if, I, I would love it if they went with that. Like, just to see that offense. Again, we play them this year, so I really don't want to see that. But, yeah. uh, man, if they got, if they add Elijah Moore to that offense, that'd be insane. All right. Give me one second. Let me update this here. All right. So, the, uh, the full first-round mock draft, our predictive mock draft, the things that make sense and we think could actually happen. Uh, that is now complete. Uh, we'll go ahead and go to another commercial break real quick. Uh, we'll read that before we go into our uh, our Colts 7 rounder. So support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live. Zach, we both got our hookup from Just Live over the last few days. We got our gummies in the mail, and I can't <laughs> wait to see what they're all about. Uh, Just Live is a trusted source for high-quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. 
That's why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit JustLive.com and use the code SUPPORT to buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free of the new gummy line with code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. Jake, it's buy one. Get one free. There we go. <laughs> this has just become a whole bit. I, I couldn't keep it together during that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it tells you multiple times, you know, buy one, get one free. I mean, you got to get all of them free. If you don't know that you can buy one, get one free through them, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. All right. So with that out of the way, it is now time to round out our Colts seven round uh, mock. So, of course, in the first round, Zach pulled in Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle for Alabama. Uh, If you've been paying attention to him at all, you know, that's uh, that's a drum he's been beating for a little while. Uh, The Colts obviously need an offensive tackle. It seems like they're leaning that way early. And that's a guy that checks all the boxes for them. So that just makes a lot of sense. I don't see why that wouldn't you know, why that couldn't be one of their moves. Um, it, might, it might be even better if they were able to trade down and do it if they had a partner. We obviously didn't do that in this mock. But also, like Zach said, that's that's the case of a guy who's, you know, his stock is right around there. You could take him at 21 if you don't want to lose out on him later in a trade down situation. Yeah. So with that, um, the Colts have five more picks. Don't forget, they don't have a third rounder. Uh, they had to trade that to the Eagles in exchange for Carson Wentz. Uh, so their next pick here is the second round, number 54 overall. Hold on. My dog is sleeping, and she's dreaming and wagging her tail in her dream. So <laughs> I have to wake her up so that – can you guys hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. It's just smacking. That's her wagging her tail in her dream. Hey. Hey. Good girl. Okay. There we go. My dog's upstairs sleeping. He doesn't want to hear any of our stuff today. Yeah, we had to have our dog contribution for the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the cutest things she could have been doing, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, so second round. The Colts got their tackle. Do they go edge rusher next? There's a lot of ways they could go. I think it comes down to edge, maybe receiver, but probably not. Even though in my so I, I again I want to be different from my final predictive mock that I did for Stampy Blue and I did Leatherwood then Nico Collins, uh, so I want to be a little different from that. Um, so honestly, I'm leaning either Edge, which could be a couple guys here that we can mm-hmm. talk about, or Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. Now, with Tommy Tremble, there is that with Firemuth and Brevin Jordan off the board, or that's that's your next I, guy up. I would say with Firemuth off the board, I think. Tremble's going to go before uh, Brevin Jordan after the way that Brevin Jordan tested. You know, tight ends, yeah. teams get scared of that, uh, of yeah. non-elite athletes, tight ends. I mean, Tremble tested like a freak where Brevin Jordan didn't. Uh, so I think you, we could see Tremble go a little bit higher. And even though his value is probably like early third with the Colts in the, in this scenario, you know, we, we're not trading back. Uh, 
you know, their highest pick next being that second round. I do think they really want a playmaking tight end. Uh, and Tremble kind of does it all for them. So I could either go, I could be talking to Tremble here or a couple edge rushers, maybe some strong side athletic guys, maybe some guys who can rush the passer who fit the Ballard mold. Yeah. So there are two names I'm looking here in the second round. Um, Tremble, just like you said, I, I think with what we heard about Reich being at Notre Dame's pro day and talking to the tight end coach for like an hour, there's obviously interest there. Yeah. And if, if Frank tells Chris Ballard that, you know, I really like this, this tight end, then that's, that's going to speak, speak for him. So let's just say it's Tommy Tremble. I, I say Carlos Basham's probably off the board by there. So let's say it's like Tommy Tremble versus Joseph Osai. Where do you go in that situation? I think the Colts would go tremble there. Osai just kind of fits. Osai is the same mold as Banigou and Ture and Kamoko Ture. Mm -hmm. I could see maybe a Peyton Turner there. Yeah. But again, like you said on our last podcast, how how much do they value a strong side edge rusher? Uh, Which Turner would definitely be. He'd be a strong side guy who could who could sub inside. Uh, So I just, you know, I I mean, he I don't think he would go there to them. So. Yeah, I think we should go Tommy Tremble here. I think they want that playmaking tight end. I think they want a guy who um, can kind of be not only the replacement for Doyle in the future, but also be like the better version of Jack Doyle. And I think that's what he can be. Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Not that Jack Doyle wasn't good or, or needs to be replaced, even though he's getting older, but he's always been like a reliable middle of the road guy. His ceiling was very low. He was, he was a guy that just got the job done. You could win with a guy like that, but he wasn't going to like rise to stardom or anything like that. Tommy Trimble has a little more, um, a little more potential to him. And they haven't had shoot. They haven't had that like big time playmaking tight end. And in, in how long it's been Dallas Clark, really Fleener and Dwayne Allen were supposed to be something along those lines, but they just haven't had it. Um, Jim Ursay has been kind of talking about tight ends for, for a minute now, referencing back to Dallas Clark. And, you know, if, if he, if he's talking about the glory days players, it usually means he wants someone to try and fit that mold. And so I, I could see Tommy Trimble definitely being a play here. Um, yeah. No, if you want to put no. Zach's uh, comment there on the screen, yeah. uh, I, I do think it is a bit early for Trimble personally, uh, but the way that I always I always view draft boards and I view drafts and mock drafts and stuff like that, like say say I had a early third on a guy. If I'm in the mid-second, I'm willing to reach for a guy that I really like. And I, honestly, I don't think that the Colts are going to draft at 21 or maybe not even at 54 either. So who knows if this mock even matters. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I feel like Tremble is a guy who's going to be really high on their board. Uh, and like I said in the first round, it, you know, with Alex Leatherwood – you know, maybe he's not worth the 21st pick, but you're willing to reach a little bit because he's a guy that you really want. Tremble could be the same way. Uh, and then Jacob says something about our defensive ends. This yeah. is a predictive mock. This isn't what we would do. If it were right. up to us, we would have taken Jalen Phillips or Joe Tryon uh, right there at pick 21. Uh, but this is kind of what I, – I, I don't know. Me personally, I think we talked about it on the last podcast, but I've had a feeling that defensive end is going to go a lot later than what we expect in this draft. Yeah, uh, Chris Ballard just gave his pre-draft con- press conference last Friday. And, you know, he talked about, he's like, they're just not going to force anything. And he did go out of his way to kind of talk up each of their their younger prospective defensive ends that they, they really like. Um, you know, we've heard him speak 
in a less sure manner about guys like uh, Ben Banigou, for example, he spoke optimistically about him. And, um, you know, we, we've heard him not talk so shining about guys who haven't lived up to expectations before. So he really didn't need to to sound that optimistic about him, but he kind of did. So um, I do think they kind of talked up some of their guys um, to make it seem like, you know, if they didn't come away with this position and this position that they do like the guys they do already have. But, um, yeah. you know, Zach and I want to see the young guys play. We want to see, I mean, a healthy Ture, not, you know, don't just put him out there on one leg, but. We want ben to see Banigou Banigou, season. Yeah, exactly. Ben Banigou season. We we'll want to see Ture and Banigou <laughs> and, and see what those guys can do. So, yeah, that would be good. So, unfortunately, now I they're, they're not picking again until the fourth. They're not not picking again until the fourth round, I should say, with my double negative. But, yeah, for, for the sake of this and not trading, we wait all the way until pick 127 to pick again. Uh, offensive mm-hmm. tackle and tight end are off the board. So what do you say now? Defensive end is probably the most likely one. Uh, I yeah, could see a safety. I, yeah, I could see a safety. I've kind of mentioned that a lot this offseason, that the Colts want a third safety. Uh, they want to have more three safety looks. I mean, if you think about last year, they anticipated Blackman, Willis, and Hooker all playing together until Hooker got his injury right when Blackman came back, and they never really were able to do that. Uh, so I do think they want more three safety sets. And for for whatever reason, they're not playing George Odom uh, as their third safety. Sean Davis is on the roster. But in my opinion, if he's your third safety that you're playing a lot, I think that's there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, so I think they could go safety here or defensive end, maybe even receiver. Because, you know, we we've they, they seem to be saying all offseason that they want more playmakers on offense. And uh, we did that with Tremble with the last pick, but maybe a receiver here too. So uh, I think defensive end makes the most sense. but safety receiver maybe corner could be in play here what what do you think yeah uh the edge class isn't super inspiring at this time i mean in the, at this time is like hamilcar rashid jr still there quincy road uh road roche mm-hmm. um Janarius robinson are those guys still there Safety. I, I know Tyreek Gillespie is someone in the crosshairs there at, at the fourth round. You've talked about him quite a bit. Josh Bledsoe as well. Cornerback is an option, but again, it's it's not it's not a group you're super in love with. Receiver makes a lot of sense. You could there's a lot of names there. Seth Williams, uh, Tamori and Terry, some some bigger guys. Des Fitzpatrick, Tariq Black that you think maybe could could fit along there. Yeah. Honestly, I'd love to go with either Ellerson Smith or Shaka Tony, but I don't know if they would be there in the mid fourth. Right. Yeah. That, that's, I, I don't have them highlighted at this point anymore because I do think they would be gone, unfortunately. Um, I think. Yeah. So I think if we're going to go pass rusher, I think Janarius Robinson makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I think if we're going to go safety, you could go like Divine Diablo. You could go Tyree Gillespie. Um, James Wiggins, I've heard, is going to go in the, around the fourth round range or so. I think James Wiggins would be a good one here, actually. Uh, James Wiggins really fits a lot. And he's had the injury concerns in college, which is a trend with Colt safeties, apparently, when Ballard yeah. drafts them. Uh, but freaky athlete uh, who can kind of do it all. I like James Wiggins. I don't. Have you watched any of him? I have not yet. Okay. So you, you said kind of a, a do-it-all, not, yeah. not really a 
I mean, injuries are his downfall, but he's he's not really a, a a liability in any one area. Yeah, either him or Diablo would be really cool. Because Devon Diablo is interesting because he can play linebacker as well. He's 226. Um, but he also ran a 4-4-5 at his combine. Uh, and also a big thing that I noted in my build of Ballard this this morning, which is about safeties, uh, Devon Diablo came in as the number one safety who fit Chris Ballard. Uh, when I interviewed Diablo, he told me that he went out of his way to play special teams his entire career. Uh, a big thing with Virginia Tech is you get the Beamer number 25 jersey if you are a contributor on your your side of the ball and special teams. And he, I think, broke the Virginia Tech record for most times wearing the 25 jersey. Uh, so he does special teams, so that's a big thing for a third safety. He can play linebacker, which can keep Willis as a deep safety. He can play deep safety and bring Willis in the box. So I, I think he makes a lot of sense at this pick, honestly, if you want to go safety. Yeah, I mean, that that does make sense. Um, shoot, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I, I think both of us could expect it to be a day two option as well. So to get it here in the fourth, that's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, so is, and, is that is that the way you think they would go? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I would, again, trying to keep my predictive mock out of this just for the sake of being different. Um, you know, my predictive mock, I had Tyree Gillespie being their pick in the fourth. I think Divine Diablo would make a lot of sense here. So, yeah, let's go with Diablo. I, I really think he'd fit the Colts team really, really well. And, yeah, I guess we do have a lot of faith in the DNs, oh, just whoops. predictably. <laughs> I don't know why that came up again. Uh, but, yeah, David, uh, Hooker hasn't signed anywhere, but I, I think we've been saying since the start of the, the offseason that we just don't expect him to be back whatsoever. It, it seems like a thing where probably both sides just want to start anew. Uh, I really don't see Hooker coming back. No, I don't think he expects it. I don't think the Colts expect it. I don't think there's really interest on either side. He he just didn't fit the, the defensive scheme. And then he had also the injury issues. So I, I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense for either side, in my opinion. Oh, I would agree with that. So we'll, we'll go ahead and slate Divine Diablo there. Got a lot of Virginia Tech action going on here in this mock. Hey, I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so I'm excited. Oh, that's right. You're not too far from the area. That makes sense. No, I grew up a Gentech fan, dude. Eddie Royal and Brandon Flowers and actually all the Fuller brothers. All the Fuller brothers were my yeah. favorite growing up. They're, they had a running back who I used to love. I think it, I think he was number four. He made it Wilson. to the NFL. Wilson. Yes. That sounds yeah. right. And then he had the he had the concussion issues in the NFL and retired like three years in. Yeah. First round yeah. pick, David they, Wilson. Uh, that's right. It was David Wilson. They also had – I think he went to the Giants – uh, they also had a kid from Warren Central over here uh, in Indianapolis, the east side of Indianapolis. Um, shit, he made it to the Colts. Uh, he's a running back, Chris Evans. Yeah. So fun. Okay. So randomly, I'll just throw this out there before we continue. But wow. uh, Regina Tech in the early 2010s or whatever had four years in a row where they had a different running back start. Or I think it was three years in a row. Chris Evans started, right? Broke the Regina Tech single season record for rushing yards. The next season was Ryan Williams, and he broke the Virginia Tech single-season rushing record. Wow. Then, then David Wilson took over, and he broke the Virginia Tech <laughs> single-season rushing record. So they just followed, up, followed each other up with like better running back each year and uh, broke the single-season records. I thought that was the coolest thing ever when I was a kid. I, I loved all of them. Ryan Williams, actually, who played for the Cowboys and the Cardinals, mm-hmm. uh, went to Stonewall High School here in Virginia, uh, which is right down the road where I grew up, maybe like 10 minutes away. So um, – yeah, I'm a huge Virginia Tech fan. I love everything about them. And Devon Diablo has been a, a big face down there for the last couple of years. Former receiver, too, which, you know, it's, okay. it's another thing to throw out there about him. 
They, yeah, they yeah, like they guys like who guys have switched positions. positions. It gives them versatility. Yeah. All right. So heading into the fifth round, uh, we, we need defensive end here. Yeah, it's it's got to happen at some point. Uh, who, who are some good they, strong side ends here that we could go with? Um. So I've seen these names, but haven't gotten to them yet. Malcolm Koontz and William Bradley King. Do either of those fit the mold of what they might want? So weirdly, I think Koontz is going to go higher than people think. Uh, I've seen a lot of expert mocks where he's been in the top 60, and it's like everyone's been really confused about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Uh, Bradley King is like 24, 25 right now, so I don't know if that'll uh, be their guy. Yeah. One guy who I'm kind of thinking who's a senior bowl guy, I just want to see how he tested real quick. quick is it so I think Daylon he tested Hayes okay. by any chance? Is uh, Chauncey Golston out of – Jalen Hayes maybe too. Uh, yeah. I think he, he's interesting. Chauncey Goldstone. Do, 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 do. Just to I want to see how we oh. You know what my favorite is? So I got this new computer recently. Uh-huh. And um my like latest search history, like you know how you have on Google like the latest couple like sites you've been to? Yeah. Um has the the RAS uh calc- like RAS site oh. that Kent made. Is like yeah. my third most visited site. I always, <laughs> I'm always I on this that. site. I love it so much. Yeah, come draft season, you always got brand brand new favorite sites because it's like for everything you write, you go to those websites. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Chauncey Golson, let's see how he tested. Thirty four inch arms, thirty six. Oh, he actually fits the bat. Oh, okay. This is my pick. Okay. So I made a tweet yesterday, and actually I didn't include him in it, which I should have. Cause I didn't think he would have hit the markers uh, yesterday. I had a tweet where Chris Ballard has never taken an edge rusher. Like, well, he's, I think there's been like a guys who have missed a couple, but edge rush, every single edge rusher he's ever taken has been a senior bowl invite and has yeah. had under, under 1.7 seconds, uh, 10 yard split in their 40. And then has all but one have had 34 inch arms and all but one have had a 34 inch vertical. So it's a, I mean, it's out of like 12 guys too. So it's, it's a pretty good sample size to look at. Uh, so I actually cut that down and looked at a couple guys and honestly, Chauncey Golson, I didn't, I didn't uh, even think would have hit it. So he technically would have been the sixth guy, uh, but he's six four two seventy, 270, uh, 34.75 inch arms, uh, 36 inch vertical, and then a 1.63 on the 10 yard split. So yeah, I mean he's not a bendy guy. I know a lot of people will be upset about that. Uh, his his three cone was seven four seven, but on film I'm a big fan of him. He's a high effort guy, a great run defender. Uh, he's never going to be a top tier pass rusher in the league, but in the fifth round, if you can get a guy like that who can be a solid starter, uh, I think you know I think it's a good pick. So yeah, Chauncey Golson to be like a a strong side defensive end rotation with with Tyquan Lewis, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that that's yeah, the perfect that's size for their perfect. strong side end. And uh, Jacob, here you asked about Patrick Jones. I think he probably just wouldn't still be around at that point. I don't think Jones hit many of the – I think he tested a lot worse than I thought, if I remember. Let me see what he tested as because I'm just on this site right now. Um, I was really – I remember being disappointed in how Patrick Jones tested. Uh, So, yeah, 6.29 RAS, which is fairly average. Uh. 32-inch arms, only a 31-inch vertical. Uh, he did have one 5'8", 10-yard split, which is absurd for, for a 260-pound guy. So that's good. But 
Yeah, not very explosive, short arms. I just don't see him being a Ballard type. Yeah, if the glove don't fit. (laughs) Then you must quit. (laughs) Six round, 206. We have not added a receiver yet. Yeah. Certainly a possibility. Um, Let's see. Kind of looking at Tamori and Terry, Des Fitzpatrick, Josh Palmer, and your guy, Josh Imortabebe. Motor baby. <laughs> I mean, do do we do it to get him in here? We should. I mean, we didn't put Jacoby Stevens in here, so we might have to put Josh and I don't think fans would love us taking two safeties. That's true. That's true. I mean, he's gonna go in like the third or fourth round range anyway, so we couldn't put yeah. Jacoby down here. We trade up to the fourth round for Jacoby as well. No. Um always the fourth round trade. Always, always. Receiver makes sense. You know, an underrated position they could pick that I was kind of told recently is uh, interior offensive line. Okay. Uh, that makes because sense. I think, you know, Glow's not going to be around after this year. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like they think Pinter is only a um, center. I don't think they view him at all as a guard, uh, which – that was kind of telling to me when, remember when Quentin Nelson moved over to tackle for a couple snaps in that Raiders game? Yeah. And they put, and they put Joey Hunt in there? Yes. You remember that? Yeah, that was an interesting configuration. <laughs> yeah. Not one we would have would have uh, thought ahead of time. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at these guards who'd be around that late, and I just, I don't really like them, though. Would Aaron Banks be there? Or he'd probably go higher than that. Yeah, I've seen late buzz about uh, about Banks, so I don't think that he would still be there. Yeah, I don't like many of the guards that would be there. Maybe maybe Robert Jones from Middle Tennessee State. Nah, I don't I don't know. So wide receiver, Imator Baby makes a ton of sense. But you know how the Colts are. They like their, their special teams guys here, especially because if Des Patman is going to make the team this next year, you need a guy who can play special teams because Patman didn't play special teams last yeah. year or he, or he would have been active. So you kind of need someone who can play a little special teams. I don't think Imator Bebe plays special teams. No. Hmm. 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 I'll put you on the clock here. <laughs> gun, gun to your head because I, I have kind of a, a sneaky next position I might want to look at for the seventh round okay let me look real quick let me look at I kind of want to look at linebacker I was thinking that or running back running back sneaky very yeah. sneaky how about we go with – here's a decent one. Let's go with Anthony Hines from Texas A&M. I don't know if you've seen it at all, linebacker. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that, that's the you – you put him in your build about it, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was – I mean, he's one of the honorable mentions. He wasn't like a Bane guy. Um, but, you know, not, not super tall, 6'2", 225, 32-inch uh, arms, though, which we know the Colts love. Uh, really good strength, which was a big thing with Okariki when they drafted him. You know, Okariki was kind of that more slender linebacker who could move, uh, but he was also a really strong backer, and that's why he could play some of that Sam. Yeah. Uh, I think Hines could play some some Sam backer for them uh, and also could do a little bit more on special teams too. So 
Because you know the Colts love taking special teamers with their late picks. That's what they they, they, they love doing it. That I mean Isaiah Rogers was drafted purely to play special teams. Uh, Zaire Jordan Franklin, Glasgow. And, yeah, Glasgow, was, uh, Zaire Franklin, and Matthew Adams were more special teams picks. So they they just mm-hmm. like the special teamers. And I think Hines could be kind of a replacement for when Adams and Franklin potentially leave this next offseason. Yeah, and that's that's one thing. Not every draft pick has to be even late round. You're not always just looking for some like diamond in the rough who could be a star. Sometimes you just need role players. You just need um, special teamers. And, you know, you, you get a cheap guy in the draft like that. You don't have to buy through free agency. That's that's just those kind of modest moves like that. Uh, let's see. What up? What up, Lawrence? Our guy Lawrence is in the house now. Lawrence Owen. Yeah. So this uh, this final pick, a couple guys I was I was looking at. I'm not real. I'm not super sure if they'd be there in the seventh. Uh, but a couple senior bowl mentions here: Elijah Mitchell and Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's my dude. I don't Can we know go if he'll back be there. to the Virginia Tech well again. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be there. Honestly, no. he had a good pro day too, um, and a really good last season. Um, I mean, there's running back. We can honestly go any position here. Defensive line. Yeah, uh, like it's interior, kind of a, like, dart, a dart throw. Yeah, you go interior defensive line here. I think, you know, get that depth to compete with Taylor Stallworth. Um, corner obviously makes a lot of sense. Receiver. I, we, I do think corner has, yeah, corner's got to happen at some point. I was kind of looking at it earlier on the, the fifth round, uh, fourth, yeah. fifth round, guys like Cameron Bynum and Keith Taylor. Something that I've made note of in my build of Ballards, and again, they're they're not exact, um, but Chris Ballard, I think, has taken, I want to say it's 12 corners in seven drafts as a yeah. GM or in his time with the Colts and time with the Chiefs. Uh, so that's the position that he takes a ton of shots at. So even when you look at the roster right now and you see six guys, uh, you know, you see, um, you know, TJ Carey, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore. Isaiah Wills or Isaiah Rogers, um, Rockison and Marvell Tell. You know, you have six guys who probably make the roster. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past Ballard to add a seventh guy and and compete because you know TJ Carey and Isaiah Rogers probably and even Marvell Tell probably aren't locks at this moment for the next for the roster next year or maybe even Rockison if he has a really bad offseason, uh, they could probably trade him away. So you know, there's there's a lot of guys who aren't really locks right now. So even adding a guy in the seventh just to compete, I think makes a lot of sense and. There is one guy who I think will be there in the seventh and Dane Brugler actually has a fifth round grade on him, which is the only person I've seen even have a draftable grade on him. Uh, is Brandon Stevens corner from SMU. Let me see if okay. I can pull him up. He actually tests as a 9.2 RAS. Um, but fun, fun fact about him uh, running back from UCLA for the first two years of his college career uh, transfers over to, uh SMU and they move in the corner and has uh, I think he has like 22 pass deflections over his two seasons as a corner uh, which is really good um he's six foot 220 19 on the bench 38 inch vertical 444 40 yard dash and then he hit the arm standard of 32 inches as well uh so I don't know you know if he hits all the character stuff or anything I've never talked to the guy but uh I think those traits are something that the Colts could bet on there in the seventh round. I like it. That one comes out of nowhere. Uh, give me his name one more time. Brandon Stevens, corner from SMU. And honestly, I'll give a shout out to uh, JB3 on Twitter because he's the one who uh, – he messaged me about him a couple weeks ago. 
and told me that Dane has a fifth rounder on him. So I checked him out. And honestly, his film is really good. I think I have a tweet or two about him. Uh, oh, really Jay uncovered him. Yeah, Jay, Jay uncovered him in Dane's draft guide and sent him my way. So I'll definitely give Jay the shout out for that. But Brandon Stevens, I think, does fit a lot of the Colts uh, hits. And honestly, when I, I re-updated all my build of Ballards the other day, I did add Brandon Stevens as an honorable mention in there. Very good. I like it. Cool. So yeah, it's, uh, we we got uh, we got to the end here. First up, offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood, followed up by Tommy Trimble, the tight end down in Notre Dame. Uh, safety Divine Diablo from Virginia Tech with the fourth round. Uh, fifth round was Chauncey Golston, the edge from Iowa, and Anthony Hines, linebacker from Texas A&M in the sixth round. And then our final pick was cornerback Brandon Stevens from SMU. Uh, so that's what we got there. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're encroaching on an hour and a half here. So uh, we'll, we'll probably go ahead and cut out here pretty soon. But I'll go ahead and post these results as well as the, the first round mock that we did. Uh, so you guys can check that out again. Well, Zach, you got anything else before we uh, cut or loose? Just looking forward to the draft then. No, we can uh, throw Lawrence's question up there, though, and answer. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you wanna you wanna throw Lawrence up there? Let's. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lawrence said, any good special teamers you think the Colts might grab as uh, undrafted free agents? Seems like a certain All Pro is not very happy and may need to be replaced. And that's uh, <laughs> that's George Odom. Yeah, I uh, I kind of thought we might talk to George Odom already. Um, as for like media availability, because I, I wanted to ask about that, and I'm sure it's gonna be one of the first things asked to him, but we haven't heard from him yet. Um. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It, we kind of we kind of covered that with you know Anthony Hines and and Brandon Stevens being potential late round special teams additions. Uh, I was going over their latest picks recently. Um, so George Odom had I think a ninety point nine grade on special teams for Pro Football Focus, and Jordan Glasgow was just right behind him. Um, yep. So the, the the Colts got really really good special teams play out of out of their rookie there, and Odom made uh, first team All Pro. Um, and according to PFF, Glasgow wasn't far behind him. So if if Odom were to, you know, I don't know, let's say hypothetically one out or whatever, they do have good options on site already. Uh, but in in this instance, Anthony Hines and Brandon Stevens would both be contributors. Yeah, and then also, you know, if you want to throw an, an undrafted free agent, I'll throw one out to you, Lawrence. Um, Jordan Peters from Auburn, uh, safety who is kind of a bruiser type when he plays defense. You know, it gets beat a little bit in the deep and a uh, little bit down the field, so maybe you don't play him too much on actual defense. But I believe he had six block kicks in his college career. It might have been five, uh, but five or six block kicks in his college career. One of the best special teamers in all of football uh, over the last couple of years. So I think he'd be a great addition. I think the Colts have met with him a couple times as well this offseason. Uh, so maybe they are looking at potential George Odom uh, replacements and maybe maybe we could see a trade. I, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure. And then if you want to throw up his other one there about Leatherwood real quick before we close it up, just because I, I think he missed the first part. Um, yeah. We're doing a predictive mock here. I picked for the Colts. Obviously, I would prefer and what I think is going to happen is the Colts are going to trade back uh, maybe out of the first round entirely. But uh, I do know that they really, really like Alex Leatherwood. I, I, he checks every single box uh, from – athleticism, run blocking, uh, 41 game starter uh, for a team like Alabama of all of all teams. 
Uh, and I think that they can they can really get him up to a, a gr- really good level of pass blocking as well. So I, he checks every box. I know they really, really like him, and he's getting that late first-round buzz. So, yeah, 21's probably a little early. I wouldn't take him at 21, but I, I could see the Colts, you know, potentially grab him there to make sure he doesn't slip a little further. Yeah, so that covers it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This, uh, if you relate to the show or um... – or, you know, what have you, this will still go up on our normal feeds. It'll go up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, But we'll go ahead and close it out for today. Please remember to subscribe to the show and give us a rating and review. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Believe in Colts, and me personally at JakeArthurNFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as JakeArthur underscore on Instagram. Zach is on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Hicks two, and be sure to follow his written work on Stampede Blue and Cover One, and mine on Sports Illustrated's Horseshoe Huddle. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online and Just Live, and at Just Live you can buy one get one free. So don't you ever forget. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcast, please contact them at Believe.com. If you're interested in advertising on this show specifically, just shoot us an email at believeincolts at gmail.com. You will, of course, hear from Zach and me again soon to chat all about the Colts draft hall. Uh, just make sure to follow us on social media. That's where you can find all of our, all of our stuff the quickest. So thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon all about the draft stuff. Take care. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.